0: Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker.
1: Should you be concerned when you use an app to order a pizza? What about when you do banking? What about the many uses that we have for apps on our phones today? Well, we're going to give you an in-depth look at what those apps mean and what they can do and what some of the vulnerabilities are. My guest today is Steve Posiask. He is the president of the American Consumer Institute. Now, he has just the Institute and the Center for Citizen Research has just done a study on vulnerabilities in apps. And one of the issues involves the fact that so many open, so much open source code is used in the development of these apps. It makes it cheaper, makes it faster. So they're used. Now, Steve, explain to our listeners who may be like me and don't really understand what in the world is an open source code.
0: Sure. Uh, Well, if you think back um, um, uh, many years back when uh, people would be writing software, it would be like tailored for one specific use. It was uh, done in-house or farmed out, and it had other applications. Today, open source has been a means by which uh, you get like a community of programmers together, and they create these binary program files um, that are used in sort of like a collaboration. It's like a community of of um, of uh, software that's used for various things, uh, various modules, and then they're distributed to the public, you know, uh, like for free. So they're they're like f- uh, free use uh, for the most part. So as you were b- pointing out, uh, what this means is that um, to use open source, so let's say I want to create an app, um, I can go on and and put together a series of uh, a various um, open source. M- um, um, components and put them together and and build an app much cheaper than just writing it from scratch. You know, so for example it may have a sort, it may need to go out and, and check some databases. Those there there are uh, components that will do that, so I don't need to create it, uh, you know, from scratch. As I said,
1: and that, in some ways, is good for consumers because it reduces the the cost for an app development. It also makes them quicker to get to the marketplace. So there there are some advantages to that. But then the downside of that is well that uh, <laughs> yes, the well the downside mm-hmm.
0: the downside is that it's become so. Um, pervasive out there that it's, it, it is just a target-rich environment for hackers if they can find a backdoor to exploit uh, one of the various components of this uh, open source code, uh, then what they're able to do is uh, cast a, a net and they're able to get um, that particular component across many other apps. So essentially it's a target rich environment for hackers. So yes, like you said, it's quick to market it's a lot uh, cheaper to do, and really it's become, uh, for the large part, uh, the way things are done, the way apps are done cheaply.
1: Okay, so but since we know that these are vulnerable to hackers, why isn't something done about it? Is this sloppiness, laziness, uh, economic issues? Why aren't they corrected so that they're not so vulnerable?
0: Well, yeah, there's, there's actually a, a lot of answers to that. I think there is some complacency. I think in some aspects of it, there just aren't uh, following up. Uh, in many cases, you have an app. Uh, let, let's say a store wants to create an app for their products, and what they end up doing is, is they go and they hire somebody to come in and to do all the programming for them. And, and so they, this contractor will then write the app for them, and they'll walk away after, you know, af, after a month or so, um, and um, there's no updates taking place, and there are a slew of vulnerabilities that might come online, and nobody is patching the software. So it could be budget, it could be ignorance, it could be complacency, uh, it could be a lot of things. It could be a
1: combination of all of them, so and, yeah. And,
0: and very likely so. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I can give you, um, you know, example. Um, like, for example, I, I believe there's about, if you go back 17 years, there are 40,000 vulnerabilities that have been identified uh, in in various uh, government databases.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: 40,000. And get this. A third of them have happened in about the last year.
1: Is that because hackers are getting smarter or we're getting sloppier?
0: I think there's a a whole lot more effort going into finding Mm -hmm. these vulnerabilities. And to finding out how
1: you can get into it. Well, there's there's money to be made. Well, there's money to be made. I
0: should point out, though. The, you know, that the government does try to take and, and try to put together a database for people to follow. So mm-hmm. The problem is it's also a road, uh, roadmap for hackers. Oh, gosh. So, so, now, so now you have people looking, you know, uh, you, you have the white hats looking on uh, trying to say, okay, well – these are the vulnerabilities we need to update we need to do these patches and then you also have the black hats out there and say wow these are the vulnerabilities we ought to you know target they've just
1: them. told me how to do it uh huh oh boy something? i'll tell you that's a that's a difficult path
0: well get this though we we, we just recently did a study on this And the findings are are, are pretty, um, you know, uh, jaw-dropping, I believe.
1: Okay. Give me some of the really – and I read this stuff, Steve, and I'm sitting there with my mouth open thinking, oh, my God. Is there anybody in the world that has a smartphone or a computer or any kind of online access that hasn't been hacked yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> well this is a, this is the issue where well, we we went through and we looked at 330 of the most popular apps used in the United States, uh covering over 33 different categories from your naps to navigation to ordering food online, uh you know, to to beauty products and and you know, productivity and and travel and a whole whole, whole slew of issues, right? And and so as we What we did is we used um, a Clarity, a product that that allowed us to compare the binary code from the latest download. So let's say I have a phone and I want to download from the Play Store. I got the code from the latest latest download, and then we were able to compare it uh, using the software to known vulnerabilities, and from the 330... We found thousands, about 2,000 vulnerabilities oh were found. In fact, 105 of the 330 apps, most popular apps, were found to have uh, vulnerabilities. And 43% of those were considered to be critical or high, which means that they can pretty much debilitate your, the use of your phone, take control of your phone, take the information on your phone, and they don't need a lot of knowledge to do it.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's appalling. Yeah, that's truly appalling. OK, Let, let's talk about some of the other surprising things. Now, you found that there were particular industries or, or areas of app use that were particularly vulnerable. And I think you mentioned something about um, like ticket providers, uh, sports events, travel. Yeah. Right. What, are some, what are some of the others that were particularly vulnerable? Well, well,
0: banking. I mean, banking. We, oh my we, goodness. We yeah. went through and we found uh, two of the most popular apps uh, were uh, the Wells Fargo mobile app and Bank of America app.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, they
0: were found with um, uh, thirty five and thirty four critical vulnerabilities each. Oh my gracious! But we went back uh, just a couple weeks later, and they had. They had corrected them. So at least that's awesome at least they're checking them okay. and they're going in frequently. Now there is a small window.
1: Let's let's let me let me just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest today is Steve Posiosk. He is the president of the American Consumer Institute. That's a great group, a nonprofit, and they do lots of wonderful and invaluable research. And we're discussing a study that they did to talk about how vulnerable all those wonderful apps are and how they can expose our personal data to the hackers. So you were I'm sorry that I interrupted you, Steve, yeah. but you were just saying that there's a small window that you did find that Bank of America and Wells Fargo had made changes.
0: Right. So, in fact, they they realized. Do you think they know
1: why? Why do you think that had anything to do with you all?
0: No, no, I don't think so. Uh but but I'll tell you what, it's good that some companies have, um, you know, uh, are keeping a watchful eye on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is a lot of them didn't. We did go back and check some others. Like there was a, a very popular um, uh, website that, where you can order your online tickets and pay for venues mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, concerts. Uh, we went back, and, and they still had 19 critical vulnerabilities. We found another well-known uh, travel app. Uh, but fortunately – it may be. It's probably the case that you don't share a lot of personal information on that app. So mm-hmm. some of these apps are safer, safer than others. Depending
1: on what you're putting on them, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're how you're using card,
0: them? Putting credit card information. I mean, you, you think about what happened with uh, Equifax. Um, you know, I mean that that went back, what, in uh, like March of 2017, oh, yes. it took them four months to tell Huge. anyone that it happened. It was sure enough. It, it was a, a vulnerability um, that that you would find on the same database that I was checking the the, the sort of these Android um, um, open source apps, um, and um, and that 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 exposed 148 million people, oh. and along with that. There was twenty nine thousand credit cards that got exposed, oh my gracious, so it can happen now we you know, like I said, we did go back and we found some that changed, we found some that didn't, but there's a lot of apps that you use, uh some of the most popular sports apps, for example, some of the most popular ones that you use for fast food dining mm-hmm. that popped up um, as having critical apps so so I would just you know caution your your uh listeners to um You know, to the extent they can, keep, you know, keep their apps updated. But for the most part, this is the responsibility of the app's providers in keeping these things updated and keeping them fully patched for known vulnerabilities. All these were known vulnerabilities. There could be other things we just haven't found yet. Mm-hmm. This is just things that should have been patched and are not being patched.
1: Well, Steve, does your organization work with any of these companies to improve this? I mean, what what do you hope is going to happen as a result of this study, which, as you say, it is a jaw-dropper? I mean, yeah, uh, what what do you what do you hope will happen as a result of this?
0: Well, what we wanted to do is uh, kind of surprise uh, the public and, and and bring some attention to this. There have been a you couple succeeded. Of, well, there's been a couple of, of things that have gone out, but it's all in the tech world. It's you know, Black Duck had a study, and um, I think one of the other big. Um, um, you know i t consulting companies did I think Signary had done some a, a a study and all these studies were saying gee we found twenty percent we found twenty five percent and now i'm fine I found thirty percent uh, essentially, vulnerabilities on wow. these apps, but the but the point is, it's out there and no one's watching it because it's falling way back into to deep into that tech community. Mm-hmm. And so, what I wanted to do is, I want to get out here. I want to make sure that uh, these companies are notified uh, that they update and they notify their customers uh, when they open their apps that these things need to be updated. So, um, so as
1: a consumer, let's suppose I'm using some sort of an um, a, an app to order food. Yeah. So, uh, and that's going to put my credit card information on that app, has to. I mean, you, if I'm going to charge it, you're going to have a credit card number. How do I know whether or not that app has had an update or how do I know whether or not it's vulnerable or even further, how do I know whether or not it is has been hacked? I mean, there's so many questions. I mean, I'm just an average consumer here. I have a little bit of techie background, but not much. And I don't yeah. know much of anything.
0: You don't know any of that. The reality is if they don't put the time, your apps provider doesn't do the time. They don't put in the budget. They're not aware of what's going on. If they don't test, test, and test and scan, they're not going to know.
1: So we, what we should assume then is that we're going to have to be vigilant. Um, and it seems to me that on the consumer's part, one of the things that you're going to have to do if you're using apps that have your financial data on it, you need to check your bank accounts every day or at least every other day. Check your credit card accounts. It only takes a minute. See if yeah. there's any activity going there, and that's that, To me, that's about the only thing I can think of that you well, can do. Well,
0: you know what? What I do, um, what I do is I do use my app, uh, but the password I don't have it memorize My password, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. so you know, un- unless I'm unless I'm at some public Wi-Fi location, which is a whole nother story we can talk oh, yeah. about. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, otherwise, I'm okay, and so we, you know, um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, choose your apps wisely. Okay. Uh, and be careful about the information you put on it. And to the extent possible, just remember that you're sharing this information. When we look at some of the breaches that have taken place, and we're talking, uh, you know, really, really big companies, we're talking about, um, you know, companies like uh, Target, um, you know, Anthem, uh, Home Depot, uh, Equifax, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adobe, um, you know, Yahoo. And some of those may have a lot of information on you, and some may not so it's so you know you know i i you know using using an app that helps me with um um you know let's say my my navigation mm-hmm. uh, or travel that's not as is you know as long as i'm not putting information on there if the, what are they going to find out maybe where i was located mm-hmm. potentially sure. Sure. but but the other side is uh, sharing uh, information on on uh, purchases like credit card information banking information use those wisely and to the extent you can put in um a complex or long passwords, do that. And, and, and how, I, often,
1: how often should you change them? Well,
0: they, they recommend that you actually, that you do change those every several months. But one of the things you think, think about is what, why they tell you to make it complex. It's just as good or better to make it if, if you can put in a longer password to make it longer because it's just as hard for a hacker. Um, so, you know, how, when I say make it complex, sometimes we'll do, uh, you know, uppercase this, um, you know, uh, special character that, lowercase this, uh, number, and so on and so forth, and they'll do that for for set, uh, six or eight letters. If if I just put something in, like uh, something like. Um, uh, Steve's bank is six miles to the right. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, and and or and put a number four or something. I mean, that, that's that's going to be pretty hard for them to find, anyways, because there's a lot of characters, and it's easy for me to remember. So sometimes doing something like that, but keep track of it. There's also things you can do in terms of using password managers.
1: Okay, um, let's. We're gonna we're gonna talk about password managers, but let's just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Steve Posiosk. He is the president of the American Consumer Institute, and we're talking about a study they did on apps and, and the vulnerabilities and how they expose you to hackers by using an open source code that is, and they're known to have vulnerabilities. So is your app being updated? Is your app use Threatening your personal financial data, for example. So those are all questions that we need to ask ourselves. Um, So go ahead, Steve. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. So uh, just to close up on that, I was just going to say just to close up on the study, uh, for one thing, um, it's really important for these apps providers to put the resources in. And to get those apps updated so when consumers get online, you go to the Play Store, you bring down, you're bringing down something safe. Mm-hmm. And also that they're pushing out the updates or notifying customers that they are updates. That's really important. And until that happens, consumers need to have a little bit of awareness on themselves mm-hmm. to not spread their information too widely. Just like you wouldn't spread your information too widely on things like social media, uh, or if somebody calls you from the IRS. It's yeah, not right. the IRS, right? Exactly. So there's certain things you don't share. You don't give credit cards over the phone. It's and, and it's that kind of common sense stuff. When you use apps, use them wisely. And and um, you know, uh, well,
1: Steve, when you uh, when you check these apps, were these free apps or were these apps that you pay for?
0: Well, the the ones we checked uh, were all free. Free apps. Okay. Okay. So there, there may be an app for McDonald's, uh, Uber, for example. Um, you know, one of the pizza places, mm-hmm. uh, for example, uh, NFL, uh, ESPN. Those are sort some of the apps um, that we were looking at. Now, keep in mind, we only looked at the three three hundred and thirty of the most popular.
1: And there's thousands probably. Yeah,
0: but I'm thinking those others, they probably are even lower budget, probably even get less support, mm-hmm. and probably even have more vulnerability. Well, let me
1: ask you something. Now, let's suppose that you're using – I mean, I have a smartphone. It came with a bunch of apps. I don't use a lot of them. I'm not crazy about apps. I just have, have my concerns. Anyway, um, So my smartphone has all these things on it that I don't even want to use. Can I get rid of them? I mean, sometimes I've gone in and said, I'm going to take this off. And it'll say, oh, if you do that, it may affect something else on your phone. And, of course, being chicken, I don't take it off. But how can consumers make choices, wise choices? Because just because it comes installed on my phone doesn't mean that it's secure. Am I I right about that?
0: Yeah, but if you don't use it, I think you're going well, to that. Well, if be I don't okay. use it,
1: that's okay. Right. right, you're
0: okay. And some of those they they, they came like you know basically with your phone, and you're right. not able to un, uh, uninstall. Right. them. And you don't right. want to uninstall those because okay. it could affect uh, something else. Know, yeah. It could affect something else. But I, I, I'm talking about if you're you're going through and you're, you're downloading. You're
1: doing them from the Play Store or whatever right. source you're using. Right. Yeah.
0: You're, let's say you're doing Talking Bend the Dog, for yeah. example. You, you know, you know your kids are doing that. They're downloading it. It's funny. And they all are kind of enjoying the entertainment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, are they keeping that phone, uh, you know, uh, corrected and, and patched well, what, for known vulnerabilities?
1: What, let me ask you, Steve. Does this provide entree to everything that's on your phone? Let's say you have an app. You're ordering whatever, uh, or the one you just talked about. Your kids, this, they like this. I don't know that. I don't have little kids. Um, but... When you use that app, is that of making your entire information on your phone, including your contacts and all of that sort of stuff, vulnerable to hackers? Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: well, let's put it this way: when I when I was talking about the critical ones, yes, uh, that's uh, those um, will allow, uh, in some cases, the completely debilitate the use of your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking information off your phone, wow. um, turning it into uh, a device that will, uh, you know, signal and, and, and create uh, almost like a bot, mm-hmm. uh, sending signals of uh, service denial to mm-hmm. uh, another uh, server somewhere else, uh, essentially taking over, your, you know, it's, it's, it's possible. And mm-hmm. when it's critical... That also means that it's fairly easy to do it. You don't have to be a genius hacker to figure it out.
1: Oh, boy. I'll tell you. We're we are we're getting sloppy and lazy, it sounds like, in terms of, of, of protecting our information. We probably, you know, people say, well, somebody's already got it. Why should I worry about it? Well, well
0: yeah, this is the time for for these apps providers to come on board. And, and one of the things they could do, for example, is, is uh, maybe an association or uh, ought to get-together and say, mm-hmm. hey, look, we ought to find some best practices. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get, let's get in here and let's figure out uh, a solution. You know, sometimes people fear that government will come in and they'll pass uh, certain rules that will stifle innovation or raise costs. But if that's the case, before we do that, let's get some best practices, Mm -hmm. or or let let me see. Like we have a good housekeeping seal. Why Mm -hmm. not have a rating or ranking system? Let's certify that these apps are are reasonably safe.
1: Have you all thought about doing that?
0: Uh, We have actually, Um, but uh, you know, it's there are. Well, your study. We
1: should tell we should tell our listeners that your study is available at your website yeah. right which is americanconsumer.org
0: yeah it's it's uh it's www the, like th the
1: american Consumer.
0: consumer.org
1: yeah okay yeah.
0: and we'll have a new one out uh as well so always keep Keep track from time to time and visit. And there's you'll, studies you'll that you do. Oh new.
1: yeah, they're they're really awesome. I I so respect what you do, Steve. We've talked to you before about other initiatives that you all have undertaken, and um, I hear nothing but good things about those things. Uh, oh, so.
0: there's so much to watch on this with the virus <laughs> and the malware and the ransomware and the trojans, oh, the well, bots, we'll talk, the spyware. We we'll gotta, talk we in do the future.
1: Again. I want to talk to you things about things like your Wi-Fi routers, which is setting up your lone little. Cafe in your own house, your Wi-Fi routers, vulnerability, all of those things. We are so many exposures. It's just incredible. And have you done anything on the uh, personal assistant devices?
0: No, we, um, we, we haven't done uh, uh, much on that at this point. Okay.
1: Uh, well, maybe you look- will, and if you do, you can let me know because I want to talk to you about it.
0: Yeah, we're gonna, we're, we'll be looking at some of that. And also mm-hmm. another thing is that whole area of, of sharing. There's this whole underground market, and I'm talking about it being legal and unregulated mm-hmm. on, on the selling of your information. People are so focused on Facebook, Amazon, and Google. Uh, the bigger problem is this unregulated market of online information brokers. And that's something else we're going to take an eye at as well.
1: Oh I know nothing about them, but I would love to uh, love to talk to you about those. There's so much out there. It's you know I, I, technology is exciting to me. I love the fact that I can get access to the world virtually with this little device that I carry in my hands because I used to be a computer programmer. Yeah. So I appreciate what goes into them, but it's also a little scary. Again, let's, the the website is theamericanconsumer.org. dot The it's a great organization. Steve's wonderful study is available online, and it's talking about the vulnerabilities of apps and how they collect data, and whether or not you're going to be hacked because you're using one. So anyway, Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. thank you, Shirley. It's been a great interview. And for our listeners, you've been listening to Off Consuming Interest right here on Federal News Radio 1500. My guest has been Steve Posiosk. He is the president of American Consumer Institute. And we would like to thank you for joining us. If you want to reach me, it's Shirley at callforaction.org. That's Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you for being with us.
0: Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.